Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley D. Maria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of October 10th, the 28th week in ordinary time. But Anne, this was no ordinary week. Thankfully, um, our Irish won, but your Giants did not. How are you? Good. Well, let's just let's be real clear, Haley. Like the Giants did win Friday, and Fair they enough. lost last night, so they're one and one. And so, yeah, for my Dodger friends, like you know, I guess sports fandom has a very short memory, but we have to think big picture. It's best of five, so. Uh, a friend said, you know, the Giants are playing with house money. They won the NL West. They were never expected to go this far. So we're just trying to stay calm and <laughs> keep it all in perspective. Um, but yes, I was at the game last night. It was good to be there. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, postseason baseball is just so good. Um, but yeah, today's show, we'll talk a little bit about um, just some events that maybe took up some of your time this week. Um, related to, um, you know, one of your passions and a huge part of your life, Notre Dame swimming and then coaching. And I'll talk a little bit about Hall of Fame and um, that event and why it might be important for people. We'll talk a little bit about the gospel as it relates to our life, even today, 2000 years later, and um, see what we come up with for our takeaways. So let's get started, Haley. Um, Tell us about your week. Yeah. So, and you know, last week you and I taped on Sundays. It's Sunday today. That's usually our day of of taping. Um, And then you and I had a a call on Monday um, with some folks from ND, which was kind of fun to get to Zoom with you two days in a row. Um, But right after that, that Zoom, I, you know, there was some news that broke, um, at least in the Notre Dame world that, that really kind of threw me for a loop. And, um, kind of created an interesting week for me. Um, So it was announced last Monday that Notre Dame's head swim coach and associate head coach um, both resigned. So beginning of the season, just days before their first meet, they've been training. Um, They went ahead and canceled the meet this, this past weekend. Um, And it, it, it's just, it's an unfortunate situation all around. I don't know the details. I'm not sure I meant to know, and I'm not sure I need to know, but what I do know is um, that it's it's kind of it's rattled the the Notre Dame swimming world. Um, you know, certainly all of us are, you know, feel so badly for these student athletes who, um, you know, really kind of had their world rocked. They only have four years as student athletes. You know, if they were there last year, last two years, of course, you know, COVID kind of um, rocked their world. And now as we kind of move into a, a normal season, um, it's not normal. Um, but it also, it's, you know, rattled the alumni. I knew as soon as the news broke that I would hear from, um, alumni and I, I have, you know, from the eighties, the nineties and beyond. Um, I think it speaks, you know, of course to Notre Dame and, you know, the shared history that we all love so much. I think some of us can get too involved. So I, I I get that too, you know, part of, part of what I did this past week was kind of calm some people down and, and, um, help them see that how we can be, you know, helpful and supportive as alums, but it just keeps bringing me back to coaching. Um, you know, clearly there's a reason that this, this head coach is no longer the head coach and it's a coaching issue, um, in in whatever, you know, shape or form that takes. And I also had a phone call from a good friend, um, this week whose daughter recently quit her high school volleyball team. And, you know, the mom was trying to figure out, 
because of a coaching issue. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. trying to navigate how does she help her daughter through that? And I just, it mm-hmm. comes back to this, that how, why is it so hard to find good coaches? And I'm, and, you know, it's, it's not that any of these coaches aren't good, but they're clearly not effective or they're not coaching in the way that, you know, of course, I feel like my coach, Tim Welsh did, I will say, mm-hmm. I, um, I really, really felt Tim's loss again this week. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just his absence in, in terms of, um, you know, where we are with Notre Dame swimming. But I have, here's my question for you, Anne, because I've asked this yeah. to me myself so many times. And I want to ask um, our high schools this as well. Do you, you know, at, at St. Francis, do you have a coaching handbook? Do you have coaching guidelines? Are, are there criteria that coaches have to follow? And then do you do professional development for your coaches? And, and, and now I'm not speaking about Notre Dame because I know Notre Dame does do all this. I'm, right. I'm thinking more in terms of, you know, the life I'm living, you know, in the world of high school sports. It's really frustrating across the board. And I hear it from multiple high schools, the lack of professionalism in coaching. Hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many things there, Haley. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I mean, yeah, I work as assistant athletic director, so I definitely have a lot of thoughts and response. So, yeah, anytime midseason that a coach leaves, it's just demoralizing. It's demoralizing to the athlete, to the coach, him or herself, and then also to the program. I mean, from the leadership side of it, you are scrambling. So, you know, USC fired their head football coach like mm-hmm. a couple, you know, games in, and it's just um, what it does is it it dramatically changes the season. Um, the second point I would say is that any college athlete today has to know that his or her coach may leave. They have, I think they should go in with that mentality, but that's not a one-way street. A lot of athletes transfer as well True. these days. So coaches know that they may lose their athletes. Right. And, um, you know, as a coach, you, you get who you get, you get the athletes you get, you get to recruit them in high school. You certainly do not, you get Mm -hmm. what's coming in. I mean, just as a small example, I'm already thinking of next year because you have to about my team. And I don't know that I'm going to bring anybody up to my varsity program. I don't see that ability on the JV level. Um, we're going to do a lot in the off season to help these girls get to a place where they can compete on the varsity level, but I don't have to carry, I can carry six girls if I want. I don't have to carry nine. I don't have to carry 10. So, um, you know, you, as a high school coach, you get what you get, but yes, we absolutely have a handbook. Um, I think that question is kind of funny because it's important, but it's also kind of sad that, um, so much of our society now is bound by this, the way they call it the four corners, a contract. So what's in that contract? What's in the handbook? And I cannot tell you how many times this year I have said, well, I need to put that in the syllabus for next year. I need to add this for next year because it's not in writing when yeah. you know, it's communicated during the season. And it's small things like, you know, in golf, for example, parents can't be on the course. They cannot talk to their daughter. Um, this is true in other sports, tennis, like parents are not allowed to talk to their child. Um, and yet they do. Um, and yet that can be penalized. So I have to be very clear on that. Um, you know, so all those things go into the handbook and professional development. I even love that you're asking the question. That seems, that means to me that you value the development professionally of a coach and there's a lot of schools when it comes to budget, like that's not there. Maybe they have something to, to give um, that's on the coach, um, you know, on the collegiate level, these coaches are making much more money, but, you know, in the high school level, 
I mean, there's part of probably part of the answer is, you know, how have they been developed professionally in order to coach? Right. I mean, you know, this just because you played a sport doesn't mean that you necessarily can coach it. Right. So we see this with, you know, grade school kids, but then after a certain point, like there's really a skill set involved. Like my roommate at Notre Dame, her dad was like a champion chip eighth grade girls basketball coach in Denver. And I'm telling you, some of the plays he ran, he got girls, I mean, they're 13 and 14 years old and they needed real skills. And it was awesome. He yeah. loved it. And he was a very good coach. Um, so yeah, when you're paying somebody, you know, 20, we joke about it. Like don't even calculate what you're making an hour because it's less than minimum wage. For sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. But. So, so, okay. First of all, so much there. Um, again, when I was a, the assistant Dean of students at Xavier years ago, yeah. um, we used to always joke, you could, you could put a name and an asterisk next to every role that was in the handbook because it stemmed from something that some child or parent did, right? Oh, right. Um, <laughs> you know, and it gets right. thicker and thicker every year, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I understand, yeah. totally get, you know, you don't want to overregulate everything. But on the flip side, when it comes to coaching, and, you know, I know, um, you know, I, I, I tend to be very aware that I may overemphasize the role that sports play in, in a child's life. But a coach really has the the – the ability or the um, the influence to be a, a positive and a negative mm-hmm. um, influence mm-hmm. on a child's life. Yes. So it's just it's so yes. important to not to to not overlook um, yeah. that, especially you know with middle school or you know mm-hmm. high school when they're at such an impressionable age. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I I think we need to really look at. Um, the, the coaching profession and not just put anybody who signs up. I mean, I coached my kids soccer team when they were four because I could get them to all run around on the field and run and kick the ball towards the goal. But, you know, once they needed to come up with plays or I needed to know what actually the positions were called, forget it. You know, I, I was done by age five. Um, so I knew when to quit in that sense, but it's um yes i think i think coaches need to understand and appreciate the 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 role and the impact and influence yeah. that they have on their on their student athletes it's just it's critical i mean it's yeah. it really they make a huge impression so well and i think one organization that aims to really do that is one you and i are familiar with which is play like a champion today mm-hmm. i mean they really know that in cyo programs or um, you know or just local communities yes Coaches are these people that you said, like looking at the coaching profession, they look at it from a holistic point of view. You know, they have this acronym grow, you know, ownership and, you know, like just looking at some of the skills that, you know, a coach ought to pass on. Do they have such an opportunity to form young people? I also think like collegiate coaches, I mean, the pressure to win and to deliver, but I think of myself at 18 and 19 and 20, you're still growing up. You're still being formed. And it's probably even more now, Haley, because we just see, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, kids in some ways grow up faster, but in other ways they don't. Like one example would be the number of kids that have a job today. Like jobs really give kids the opportunity to learn skills and be, you know, self-advocates and different things. But a lot of kids don't have jobs and that's, you know, maybe they don't need to, maybe sports is their job, but as you were talking, I thought about catechism and teachers for catechism. I mean, we need good teachers for 
religious studies and we see that it's the same thing. You know, these, this, that person is providing incredible information. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times they're just who's willing and, and able. So God bless them. True. True. Our parents need to, you know, invest in that too. So sports and spirituality, I think there's the both, the both and. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm glad you made it to your, your Giants game last night. And um, so tell us what else is going on in San Francisco. It's Fleet Week. Yeah. yeah. So Fleet Week is, um, I guess it's the only one that's happening in the United States this year. So mm-hmm. it's a huge deal around here. The Blue Angels fly. They practice during the week. And then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, they have an air show above, you know, the bay. It's And it's usually our best weather of the year. So it's awesome. And then, you know, with the Giants in the postseason, there's just some excitement again. You know, it is it's really fun to see people wearing orange and black. And obviously we call it orange October here and Halloween's on the way. So it's, it's just good to have some buzz in the air, so to speak. Um, So there's a lot of sailors, a lot of, you know, Navy midshipmen and whatnot. I was thinking of your plebes and they're around and um, yeah, the first two games for the giants are at home. They'll be in LA the next two days, but um it is nice just to have some of that um, again, right? Yeah, and we had a absolutely. Um, um, but one of the events I was able to go to this week, Haley, um, it's called the Hall of Fame Induction and Celebration. And this event was at Olympic Club, which is um, where I play golf, but it's also there's a downtown gym and they have um, a series of competitive sports. And they honored six different individuals. And two of them have already died. And then three are, yeah. So one was like a a track star from the twenties. One was a woman who joined the club in maybe 94 and she was already 68 years old Hmm. and she became a great open water swimmer and she competed like incredibly well for, for about 15 years. And her daughter took the award in honor of her. It was so inspiring to hear these stories um, of men and women. One was a handball player, you know. Um, I just, I felt like, you know, in these times, there's so much that's so, it's just, there are, these are tough times. Like if it's yeah. not, you know, somebody telling me how our gas prices and food prices are going up, it's, you know, things about social media, like the, its effect on girls, as we know, with the study at the Wall Street Journal and Facebook and Instagram, and just living with the reality of all that. So it's just so easy to get caught up in the things that are hard. And just to hear these simple stories of men and women and their success, but it's not just them who speak, it's always who helped them along the way, yeah. their coaches, their parents. Like one one woman is a golfer, she's a doctor, and um, she's just an incredible person. You know, like she's not an ordinary person. She is wonderful and gracious, but also like she's really accomplished some big things in her life. And for me, that's inspiring. And I thought it's so simple, but it's just people telling their stories and us gathered to celebrate that. So whatever form that takes in your life or whatever it could be, I think that's one, I don't know, answer to what do you do when, when you see the tough things in life, look for those stories and yeah, and we need to tell more stories like that. It's just you're right. There is a lot of hurt in the world and a lot of people who are struggling and but there's still so much goodness, right? And I always say that's the challenge for us every day is you wake up and you, you know, we all have something we negative we could focus on. Um 
But, you know, when you hear more stories like that, it, it becomes a little easier to wake up in the morning and find the goodness that's out there. Um, you know, and <laughs> yeah. that, that actually, that leads me to my spiritual stew. Um, and one of the things that's really been kind of on my mind this week one of the Gospels last week was Mark 10, um, 2 to 16, where Jesus asked, or where Jesus is asked, you know, is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? Um, you know, and of course, Jesus responds, you know, basically no, you know, and, and has the, the words that we hear so often at wedding ceremonies, which is therefore what God has joined together, no man must separate. And, um, you know, I, this this was very timely for me, not personally, but um I have three close friends who over the past probably four months have shared that they, you know, are going through a divorce and um, or are choosing to leave their husband or their husband has, um, you know, been unfaithful and they're struggling with that. Do I stay? Do I go? And, you know, of course, as her friend of this one particular friend, you know, her husband has been unfaithful for several years, multiple times. And I am. I'm like, yes, you should go. You know, why would you, you know, you've spent 25 years with him. I get that's hard to leave, but he's never been faithful to you. So you're you're not even 50 years old. You've got so many great years ahead of you. Why would you? Yeah. So it's easy, you know, for me as an outsider um, yeah. to, to have that perspective. But, you know, it speaks to this. The, you know, Jesus is telling us, no, what God has joined together, no human must separate. But... Is that still applicable? You know, is, mm. you know, and these are very faith-filled women. You know, these are women that go to mass every week who take mm. these readings very mm. seriously, who took their vows very seriously. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, their husbands have not for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, divorce is a two-way street. It's, you know, it's yeah. very rarely one-sided. Um, yeah. um, so, you know, and and they all know that there's, there's nothing, um, you know, that there's not just always one side to blame. You might have one side to blame more than others. But um, blame aside, it's a really unfortunate, sad situation. And I know a lot of Catholics um, and probably a lot of Christians who, um, you know, fundamentally don't believe in divorce from a a religious standpoint struggle with this. You know, they're hurting. Um, The the marriage is broken. You know, perhaps it wasn't even Mm -hmm. entered into, um, you know, with a pure heart. So, you know, I've just really been thinking about that because I... I was raised that way too. You know, you you get married and you stay married and you figure it out no matter yeah. what. And, you know, I've had some family members go through divorce and I've seen them all come out happier and healthier on the other side. And that was very transformative for me to understand yeah. and realize, you know, there are some cases where divorce is what's yeah. better for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. But then you go back to, but is that truly what we're called to do? So, um just just struggling with this but it's really hard to see friends hurting like this and staying in marriages that are really unhealthy Mm -hmm. yeah no i i don't know anyone who hasn't been affected in some way by divorce and it is tragic and i've had you know family members myself but also friends who said you know even if the marriage was really hard and it's ultimately for the best they've all said how hard it is right you know even when it's better on the other side so to speak but I I think a couple things like one when we were talking about coaching I was thinking about like you just don't know if you are having an impact on young people and you don't know if you're doing the right thing half the time and it's kind of a mystery it's a leap of faith right you just do your best and you hope and I I think about you know I'm not married but 
think about relationships and I think about the call to marriage, like, you know, how is it two people are drawn together and that they make this huge step? It's a total mm-hmm. leap of faith, you know, and it takes a lot of faith in another person and yourself to sustain that in light of all the forces that are against it. And you don't know. I mean, that's the thing, right? You are calculated risk, as they say, and um, and you don't know that this person will disappoint you and be unfaithful, but people still go into it. And I do appreciate that the church believes in the sanctity of marriage yes. because I do think in society, people are too casual about it. Yes. So it's not that 50% of all people get divorced. It's 50% of marriages end in divorce. I think it's like 40% because if once you get married and then divorced, the likelihood of you getting divorced again, because again, you compromise the sanctity. Now that sounds really strong, but I'm just trying to speak to like what is known. And I know a number of people now, Haley, who are on their third marriage. Oh yeah. I know. know, Right. You probably do too. So yeah, that is like, wow. And then, and then here, and then here's where I go. Right. Um, you know, cause of course I think, well, the first two didn't work out. What makes you think the third one's going to, um, and you know, and then I feel very judgy. Um, so, you know, who am I to judge? Right. Cause we're we're not, we are called to not judge either um and 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 even looking at some people who you know you they go into marriage and you do think they're taking it very casually well who am i to judge that too yeah Yeah. um but you know you've probably been to weddings where you think okay well how long is this gonna last Mm. that's terrible first of all it's a terrible way to feel second of all right (laughs) um it's it's just it's super judgmental um but, and marriage is hard, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard mm-hmm. that, you know, that's the bottom line. But I also go back to, um, and I might've said this before, you know, we, humans didn't live to be, you know, 90, a hundred no. years old yeah. right. way back when, right? They, we died at like 40. So to stay together for, <laughs> you know, now they might've gotten married at age 13, but yeah, to stay yeah. together for 25 years, it's probably the average, you know, that's when people are getting divorced now. Well, I don't think we were called to be married that long. Um, yeah. so it's just, it's a lot there, but it's, it's hard. And, um, and I feel really badly for people who, who are, are struggling with their faith and are struggling for being judged, you know, and, yeah. and I'm yeah. part of that problem. Um, yeah. but I just, um, it's just, again, there's a, there's a lot of hurt out there. And I think to feel like your faith, which should sustain you and really help mm-hmm. you through these hard times, um, it's gotta be really hard to struggle with that part of it too, right? Mm-hmm. To have, you know, kind of your faith foundation, which helps us through most problems yeah. and struggles. If you feel like yeah. that isn't there for you, um, yeah. you know, that, that's that got to be hard mm-hmm. as well. Um, now, thankfully, yeah. I think um, there are more resources than there used yeah. to be, um, you know, for divorced persons. But, yeah. you know, just another reminder of, again, the hurt that's out there. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about mental health and I know today or yesterday, I believe is World Mental Health Day. And so, of mm. course, that's always on our mind. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, people struggling in their marriages and, and families, that's um, and again, you're right. The impact it has on children um, mm. is all yeah. is is all a very real struggle as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, maybe because it is something so beyond us, you know, that's where faith can also help is it's like, you know, there's times where on a daily basis, like I'm sure people want to leave, they want to be out, they want to be free of this. And it's like, the reality is like everything in life goes through cycles and seasons. And like, 
sometimes it is just, you know, working it out, writing it out, whatever that means, you know, and like being selfless, putting that other person, you know, maybe giving them a little more time or, you know, my parents always talk about the vows, like the power, like what that means, the covenant of the relationship and just the respect for that. And I, I also think that's really important for other people in society, like for us to to respect your marriage and like support our, our, you know, siblings, our, our friends in their marriages, you know, and whatever that means, like, you know, encouraging people to go on a date night or, you know, finding time, whatever it means for you to enrich your marriage. Like how can we help each other in that? Um, I don't have the answer to that, but I think that's part of, you know, our lives of faith. Well, and I think like anything, you know, there, there is no one answer, but I think awareness and just understanding um, is, is I think the best we can do right now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it hits home when it's, when it's friends like that. And when it's that many. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's speaking to a truth that we cannot deny. Right. And that's what I'm hearing there. So yeah. There's for them. Um, yeah, my piece of the stew is, is, um, is not divorce. Um, it's, uh, it's something that I've, um, I'm teaching, but I've thought about it because I'm reading this book called the four winds mm. by Kristen Hanna. It's the shared read of nerding women connect. And, um, it's really good. Um, it's fiction again. So yay fiction, even though I don't usually read it, but in the book, the, um, the father of the father-in-law of the main character, he's talking about, um, they live on a farm and he talks about, um, the land and he came from Sicily and now they're in the Midwest. And he said, um, about the wine. I mean, the, the vines that he has, it reminds me of my father. It binds us this land to one another, or it has for generations. Now it will bind you to us. And he uses the word binding and that stood out to me. Um, He feels bound or connected to the land. Mm -hmm. Um, Binding is the root of the word religion. So religion is religio and religio means to be bound to. So I think when at its best religion binds us, right? It connects us and binding, you know, as I was telling my students can be suffocating, right? In some ways, if it's too tight, but it's rootedness and what keeps us, you know, connected to something beyond ourselves, And that is a great way to think about religion. And in order to help young people understand that, there's a Jewish practice called tefillin. And it's, I've only seen men use this prayer ritual. What it is, is it's some leather straps that you put around your um, non-dominant arm. And um, the leather straps have a box attached to it. And in the box is the word, the word of God. So you bind the word to your arm, right? That does the work, right? And there's rituals, there's symbolism in the actual number of times you bind it. And then on the hand, you create the first letter of the Shema, which is the prayer that Jews say every morning and every evening. But then on the head is another box and you put it above your forehead. It's like the third eye, which is like intuition. But again, that has the word of God. And it's really beautiful. If you didn't know it, you would think it looks super weird, But when I was in Israel, I saw it and it's mostly Orthodox Jews, mostly men, but I do love the prayer ritual. Again, this notion of binding, like we are connected to the word of God or in this book, the four winds, 
he feels connected to the land, right? And it was in Sicily, but now the land is that they live is in you know the Midwest. So I don't know. I just I started to think about prayer rituals that I find meaningful. And I would probably have to spend a little more time this week, maybe for our takeaways of like, just to consider meaningful prayer rituals and what are you bound to? So that's kind of my question that I'll probably sit with this week. Yeah, I love that. So I have not read Four Winds. Um, it is next on our book club list as well. Okay. I do love Kristen Hanna. Um, have you read any of her books? No. Mm-mm. So Yeah, um, but I know she's popular. You know, she is, and I don't tend to like popular authors like that. Um, Uh She has a book called The Nightingale, um, which is set in World War II. It it could be one of my all-time favorite books. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. It's really, really good. But anyway, that's for another time. Um, so I've seen The Four Winds, and I there's one other one, The Great Alone, I know she wrote, that people feel pretty strongly about as well. Um, so I'm I'm excited now to read this, um, as you mentioned it. And, you know, as always, I I just love um, all of just what you teach me every time and with, you know, binding and, and bringing in other faiths and, and sharing all that with me. So my takeaway this week probably will not be getting to reading The Four Winds because I, I still have another <laughs> book I have to finish first. Um, but I will think about I, you know, I love. I love meaningful rituals that we can do on our own quietly each day um, mm-hmm. as just a reminder to ourselves, right? Um, you know, we don't always have to be, you know, evangelical in our faith. Um, you know, we don't ever want to hide it, but I think those meaningful ones that we can do quietly each day for ourselves yeah. eventually mm-hmm. do lead us to, to, to show more of, you know, our, our faith, our outward faith. Um, so I'm going to think about that too. What am I doing every day um, that that kind of keeps me grounded? Um, yeah, and, I, right. and I'm not sure I'm doing that. So that's no, a great thing right. for me to to keep in mind. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for that. That'll be a great takeaway for me um, in our melting pot. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, my takeaways. Um, I'm going to just continue to look for I don't know stories of inspiration. I mean, you know, Hall of Fame is a once a year event. And not everyone has like a Hall of Fame event. So, you know, where is it that we're finding inspiration or, you know, the gospel means good news, right? So I guess we have a source of good news in light of challenging times, but it's really easy to get caught up in these things that are difficult because they're real. Um, So I want to just be intentional this week about, I don't know, I'm on the lookout for small nuggets of inspiration. Okay, that that should work for all of us. Well, and by the time we connect next week, um, the Dodgers giant series will be over. So we will be watching that that this week. That will be one of my takeaways. Pay a little more attention to uh, Major League Baseball. I will say um, my cousin, who is a St. Francis alum, um, texted me last night because her children go to um, the Bishop School in La Jolla, which is where Tyler Buckner, oh, yeah. one of Notre Dame's okay. quarterback, yeah. is from. So um, yeah. she <laughs> she she sent me a text yesterday that said Tyler Buckner, the Bishop School, because of course he had just gone in and you know had the the drive. And then I said, oh, I love that you're watching it. And then she wrote back and said, no, alas, we've switched to the Giants game. Um, so okay. I, I wrote her okay. back and I said, that's acceptable because it's halftime. So she's a Giants fan, <laughs> as well, but 
Um, you know, yeah. this is what I love about sports too, right? It connects us um, it just kind of in fun ways. But I will be watching baseball. I will pay a little more attention to it, even though my poor Orioles are in the off season. And um, I will be looking for the meaningful ways that are not sports related to ground myself um, in my faith this week. Yeah. Amen. Good stuff. And yeah. I will continue to pray for people going through, yeah, divorce and just, you know, to support people in their marriages also. Yeah. The other side of that coin. Absolutely. And again, I'm going to prayers for mental health. So. Always. All right. Thank Reminders. You. Thank yep. you, Anne. Have a great week. You too.